Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Fullman Podcast. Today is January 6th, 2020, in the new decade. It's been a while. I apologize. I was really busy this semester with football and school and just being in Connecticut, but uh, this semester, semester 2 in the spring, we'll, be, we'll have a lot more time on our hands. We'll definitely try to get at least an episode out a week. But we're really excited about today's episode. We got, obviously, playoff football. We've got some NBA talk. Not a lot because we're still focused on football this time of year. But we got divisional round predictions and prosthetic perspective. So please stick around and join us. I hope you missed the podcast because we've definitely missed doing it. So uh, come on. Here we go. Podcast. As always, we're here with my dad. How we doing, Dad? Hey, how are you? Good. We're here with the OG G Lin. It was good. It's been a while, but we're back. In, also uh, known as the G Dog. Also known as the G Dog Daddy. It's been a while, but we're back. Uh, I think we're going to start with a little holiday recap. How was everyone's holiday, G? Fine. I had my wisdom teeth out. You had your wisdom teeth out? Yeah. How was that? Not fun. Did it hurt? Yeah, kinda. How long were you like? Yeah, I was like incapacitated for about like a few days there. But, like, after a few days, it was, like, a lot better. But you were just, like, couched up just yeah, in, yeah. in a tremendous amount of pain? Yeah, just, like, eating, like, ice cream all eating day. Eating applesauce? Yeah. I think that's, like, the second worst thing we've ever had in this podcast besides my dad and his, uh, what'd you get in the summer where they stuck the thing up your butt? Colonoscopy. Yeah, I remember we had that in the pod one day. That was bad. But, um... Yeah, that's not a great day for anyone. Other than that, G, how was your holiday? It was fine. What not was much. your, like, what was your favorite part of the holiday? Uh, the food. The food? I agree. By far. <laughs> I think with my fat ass, the food is always one of the best parts. I think another one of the best parts of the holidays is watching the parades and concerts and stuff like that, and every single person in the family commenting on the lip syncing and guessing if the people are lip syncing or not. Would you guys agree? I don't really experience that much around you my don't? house. We don't I, really watch parades. We watch football instead. I guess Big Trav is just a football guy at heart. He's 100%. Bowl games all day. Yeah, bowl games all day. So many bowl games. Dad, how was your... Uh, well, How's your holiday? When you get to be an old man like I am, mm-hmm. just having everyone home is just the greatest thing ever. Like that's the gift. Really? Yeah. That's you crazy. don't appreciate that, but then again, you know, you're not 58. That's pretty sad. You're 58. Yeah. Holy shit, you're old. Very sad. All right, I guess we'll get right into it today with um, the unfortunate Patriot loss. It was very sad. It was very tragic. I was sad. I know my dad did not say a single word after that final buzzer went off when we were sitting in the living room last night. He just stared at the TV in disbelief. I guess we'll start off with the question, is the dynasty over? G, you got any thoughts on that? No. You don't think it's over? Not yet. What do you think the moves are going to be to keep the dynasty going? Number one, Brady's coming back. You think so? I think so. I don't see why you would leave. I just don't see it. I agree. I think uh, Patriots, they just got to – the defense was fine this year. But, I mean, the issues all year is that the offense just isn't good enough. And I, I think you'll agree. see a different offense next year. And I think if you put just even one weapon around Brady, I mean, Gronk kind of did his job last year, came back and had a really good playoffs. I think that's what kind of helps that in the running game. And I think they established a run. There was just no one to throw the ball to. Underrated part, I think, is the loss of Devlin. Yep. Oh, it's my God. the physicality part. When you lose him and Gronk, just you lose a ton of physicality. It's a big time. It's why the run game wasn't as powerful in the play, like from last year's playoff run to like what it was this year. I 100% agree. You kind of lose your identity in a way as well. Well, I think if you're going to talk about a power outage, you also have to admit that Jules was not the same Julian Edelman that we've come to love every single day for the last few years. He was hurt. Yeah. And I think we're going to find out after the season the extent of those injuries. And he really 
absent, if you will, from his normal contributions for weeks now. I agree with you 100%. And when he dropped that pass, I, I was shocked. I mean, I, that's something that him and Brady can do in their sleep. That's their bread and butter. That's like, I remember I was reading Julian Edelman's book. It was like Relentless or something like that, that, that book he wrote about himself, autobiography. And he would talk about how him and Brady would go to California and just run routes all summer. And I think that's one of those that's just – they could literally do in their sleep, and he just didn't get it done. That's when you knew something was really off. When that when that happened, it was like, if Jules isn't going to catch the ball, then who is? I, who's going yes, to who's gonna get it done? Agree. That was like the moment your heart sank, and you're like, this team really does suck. Like, you were like, these guys just suck. And you knew that game was over. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, with respect to Garrett's point, why wouldn't he come back to the Patriots? My response to that is, what if the Patriots don't want him? Uh, who's their other option? I just don't. No, yeah. I'd say for, I, at least for now, just bring him back until I, you find the, the true, uh, you know, heir apparent. But I just I don't, I don't see one right now. For I I hundred percent agree with that, and I can see where you're coming from with that. With like the whole Bill Belichick, all I think is about as a football team. Like if he thinks Tom Brady is not the quarterback, like the best option for quarterback, I think they would try to move on. But I mean, other than trying to move up in the draft and get like a big guy coming in, I don't know who you're going to go get unless you make some blockbuster trade for it. But like no team's going to trade their stud quarterback. That well, just doesn't happen. Here's your, here's your 2020 free agent quarterbacks. Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Phillip Rivers, and Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, okay, let's break this down. You don't want Teddy Bridgewater because uh, you would take Teddy Bridgewater over Tom Brady right now. I'd entertain the idea. Okay, I guess we'll go through that list again. Drew Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees is not leaving the Saints. You know that's Dak too much. Not, not leaving the Cowboys. Cowboys. Okay, Tom Brady, then Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, the Titans are actually probably going to offer him a pretty good deal because yeah. he is bald. Uh, what about Jameis Winston? I don't know about that one. Are you kidding <laughs> that me? one's interesting. 30 for 30. If Jameis Winston goes to the New England Patriots, I'm taking the Massachusetts path. What's that mean? I'm going to go start oh, oh yeah, you should, dude. Don't. You can steal some crab legs or something. I, I just like, James Winston, he, in his press conference, post, postseason press conference, he was like, I've been balling. I just have to clean up turnover issues. Yeah, no shit. You threw 30 interceptions. Like, they were they were joking about this on, obviously, we don't want to talk about other podcasts, but these guys are like the king, so we can talk about it. Part of my take was joking. They were like, we want to know the leading tackler on the uh, Buccaneers offense. And I thought that was just hysterical. But Bruce Arians said that... Um, Bruce Arians have won him back, yeah. Right, he said himself, this team can win without James Winston as a yeah. quarterback. He's like, if we can win with him, we can win with another quarterback. That, that moves us on to uh, Philip Rivers. Dude, you really want Philip Rivers? And Teddy Bridgewater, back to Garrett's point. I, I, I guess Garrett is right. I guess Teddy Bridgewater is probably the most realistic and reasonable out of that list because obviously Drew Brees and Dak Prescott are not leaving. But So I go back to the fact that there may be teams out there that want to bring Brady in for two years. Maybe the Titans, since he has a relationship with their coach as his past teammate, maybe the Titans want to have him come on board for a couple years to work with a younger quarterback. If I were the New York Giants, I would make Tom Brady the offer he couldn't refuse because you hear this rumor that he's purchased the house down in Connecticut in Greenwich. You know that his wife loves the fashion industry and is involved in New York City. You've got a young, talented kid. Um, you've got a young, talented kid who needs some seasoning and needs some coaching. So you bring Brady in for two years. You make him the godfather offer as a player and a coach. And he starts next year. And Daniel Jones 
kind of sits there and is tutored yeah. by here's here's Tom my Brady th- here's my thing on that though my thing on that is did Tom Brady kind of look miserable and they, and they went twelve and four this year imagine okay I, I guess you put Tom Brady on the Giants would they win like three games this year I guess you put something like that if you put Tom Brady on the Giants maybe they win like a couple more games I don't think that improves them like exponentially but and at what point do you pay attention to what Gronk says that it's just not fun what being a New England Patriot. I mean, Gronk is also a crackhead, so... Okay. And pretty cares about winning, most yeah. of all. That's what he's always been about. I think that was also what Gronk's probably thing was that he's a little child. I love Gronk to death, but... I mean, he was more of a child than he was a grown-ass man in so, terms of kind of maturity yeah. and character. But. One team that, you know, I've seen brought up a few times is the Colts. Yeah. If the Brady moves on to the Colts, because they have... Number one, I think if Brady's going to leave, it, it needs to be like a team that he can win with. And the Colts have, I think, better offensive weapons and a better O-line than the Patriots do. You've got Frank Reich. Frank Reich, he's good. Yep, good. I mean, your uh, head coach. Is yep, just... good offensive mind, so that's one destination. Another one that I've seen is the Bears. Because oh, if you're a Bears fan or do you, you like Trubisky? Hell no. No, and they got a good de- – their defense is good enough. You put in Brady, maybe that changes things. Those are, like, the two teams that I think would – and you know, like Brady might entertain the idea of. Yeah, I like that. And um, it's just kind of with Brady, I think he's not going to go anywhere to lose. I think if he goes anywhere, it's because, one, he probably wants to be in that location. Two, obviously likes the organization of the team. And three, thinks he can win a Super Bowl there. I don't think Tom Brady's going to settle for not even making the playoffs or making the playoffs and losing. I think he always wants to make the playoffs and win. Well, since you guys are both playing Division One football right now, and I'm just another fat guy with no legs, have you seen – a articulable or palpable drop off in Brady's skills this year. Uh, that's more of a question for G because I'm just a lineman, so like not too much. I don't think Brady's had a bad year. He's not like the Brady of like you know 2007 or anything like that. There he's, were a couple balls last night though that he yeah he, like, he can still he, you know like he can still put on a rope sometimes, but he's not this he's not like the same quarterback. He's still a good quarterback right now, but I wouldn't say he's like anything like he's been like. Like what he was in like 2007 or it was like 2011 uh, MVP. Or whatever. There was that. There was that ball in the first half last night down the far sideline, and he if he was about to put that bread basket on, I think Philip Dorsett, if that safety didn't come over and and deflect it high out of bounds, like that was literally a beauty of a throw. The thing I can't get out of my mind is what if he has another off season with uh, Nikhil Harry, with uh, the young man you just mentioned whose name escapes me. Dorsett. Dorsett. He's also a free agent though. Yeah. Well, in I can't tell you how absolutely positively disappointed I am in Sinan. Oh, yeah. Huge Waste. disappointment. Oh, Probably the biggest disappointment of the season for oh, me. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I think that if you uh, if you uh, give him time to work out all summer with those guys, I think it'll make a huge difference. If we could just add, get, get Jules um, healthy. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think just working on our pieces right now is going to be enough. I think you definitely have to add something. Get a couple more pieces. I, I look at all these young tight ends around the league, and I keep thinking, why can't we have someone like that? And I know we had Gronk, but let's move on. I agree. Another reason I think that Brady stays is because of his relationship with Robert Kraft. I think Robert Kraft, if like need be, he could say like, you know, Brady, you owe me for getting Garoppolo out of here because Belichick was, you know, he was leaning towards that. So yeah. you owe me. Come back for like another year or two. Let's try this thing again. I think that's a really good point. I think maybe I'll bring him down to Florida and give him the full treatment, but um. <laughs> Come on, a little low blow. Sorry, sorry. But I guess that's enough about Tom Brady offseason talk. I guess time will tell. It's just kind of sad to think about. This is kind of the first situation we've been in like this. 
at least in my life and Garrett's life as Patriot fans, we've been very spoiled. But uh, I guess let's let's talk about the game real quick just before we move on. Any thoughts on kind of the Titans and how they played? I think one thing that pissed me off all week was just the slander being put on Tom Brady. The comparisons to Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, I think, were just like, I get Ryan Tannehill has been having a really good year ever since he stepped into the starting role, but I think the comparisons between Tom and Ryan Tannehill were just absolute bullshit all week. You put that running back behind Tom Brady, Henry, and you have him hammering people the way he has hammered people the last few weeks, and Tom Brady is going to instantly look like the old Tom Brady again. Yeah, for sure. The Titans were just more physical just all game. They wore they wore the pads down. They could Henry was averaging over five yards a carry. I mean, that's pretty incredible. He was a hammer. He was and he was hammering. It was he, he got. I remember one play. I can't remember what um what quarter it was, but. You got tackled two yards behind the line of scrimmage. You still got a two-yard game. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It, it literally looked last night like you needed three or four people to take him down. That's what it was. They, they were just go, teeing off on him all you, game. You would get a D-tackle to stuff him in the hole and still get a couple of yards. It was crazy. So I guess right now we got Ryan Tannehill finished with eight for 15, 72 yards, one touchdown, one bad interception. I don't know where he was throwing it. Tom Brady, 20 for 37, 209 yards, zero touchdowns, and one bullshit interception at the end of the game that should never even count. They should just throw that, throw that out. Henry, 34 carries, 182 yards, one touchdown pass. That's a Julius Chestnut stat line right there. Big facts. It's like you just watched and Henry was just dominating. It was just very depressing to watch because even just from the first series, you just knew. You're like, there's no way we stop this guy tonight. You knew there was no way the Patriots were stopping that guy after the first quarter. I think the one of the takeaways, too, was at the end of the first half when we had three tries at the one-yard line and couldn't get a yard. I think that's that's – that's the difference between, I think, the the Pats and the Titans. Titans were able to get five yards to carry, and the Pats couldn't get a yard on the goal line. I agree with you, and I think there were a couple of things that stand out to why the Patriots, that cost Patriots that game, and I think probably number one is the Patriots not getting a touchdown at the one-yard line. I think that's definitely that's a huge. That's probably the number one factor on why they couldn't get a job done. There was zero points scored in the second half. As we're currently seeing with the Philadelphia Eagles, you are not going to come to the playoffs, get to the red zone, and settle for a field goal and win. Yep. And we saw it, uh, what was it, last week, too, with Ohio State and Clemson. They got into the red zone three times in three field goals. That's not going to get it done in the playoffs or in, you know, against you know Clemson or any team like that. Not at all. All right, I guess we'll move on here. Patriots' loss was bad, um, just depressing as Patriots fans. I guess we've been spoiled, so no one's going to feel bad for us. But uh, I guess this is what it feels like to be the fan of probably any other team in the league. I guess we, we kind of... Anyone who's not a fan of the Patriots is listening to us right now, we, we feel for you guys now. We kind of know what you've been going through the past 20 years, and you know what? It hurts, man. I'm sorry that you guys have been going through this and not going to the Super Bowl every year like we have. But I guess we'll move on, and uh, we'll talk about the Saints' loss. We're, we're, we're making this right now at 8 o'clock on Sunday night, so we just saw the Saints lose and the Eagles lose, and the Saints were just that, – that was brutal. Overtime loss to the, to the Vikings? To the Vikings? Very surprised. Very surprised. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I accidentally fell asleep for two hours during the game. So, gee, can you touch on this uh, this game for us? Well, the Vikings were just running the ball. All day? Just all, on them all, all the time. Kirk Cousins came to play, which was the biggest surprise, I think, of the day. Wow. He came to play? He came, came to play. Business? Oh, yeah. Playoff Kirk, man. That's that's a scary sight if he's playing well. They're going to march into San Francisco next week and give him a fight. What was I was surprised by is what was it week sixteen they had the home game against Packers on Monday Night Football and they dropped and they were just awful. 
your th- I thought there's no way now that they can they, they have a chance against really any team in the playoffs. But then you know, they come going into New Orleans. That's a tough place to win, oh and God. they t- they took it to them all game. Oh. <coughs> Freaking Rex Ryan hit us with the "Who Dat Nation" speech right when NFL Sunday countdown started, and I was like, "The Saints are going to win today." Sexy Rexy was like, "You cannot let Minneapolis come into your house and take it from you." He goes, "You're not going to let the refs decide it like last year, and look what they did. They let the refs decide it with a no call." Kyle Rudolph with just a blatant push off. That looks like something eh, where I I wouldn't oh. I would not call it. No. You wouldn't have called it? No. Oh, I, I mean, guess maybe so. I'm a little bit biased cuz he's tight end and I am too, but no, I yeah. think there's is grabbing shoving by both guys. You let you let the big boys play. Nah, in, I, in a clutch moment like that, let the boys play. I see where you're coming from, but like that looked like when you're sick of some dude you're playing to the post and pick up basketball and you just Well, you know what you, what you do? You don't put the like 6 foot corner on him on the 65 tight end. That's that's also a very good point. That's a very good point. Find by something else is going to, you know, work. Not that that's not going to work anytime. No, not at all. And then, um, so Saints loss. Shocking. Shocking. Just shocking. That I thought Drew Brees was easily going to get it done. I think they were favored by what seven and a half. Yep. I think earlier in the week, I remember checking the ESPN app, it was eight and a half, and then they just. I feel bad for Saints betters today. I'm sorry. Um, I apologize. The Saints couldn't get it done for you guys. I thought that was the dead bull lock of the week. You thought it was a dead bull lock of the week. You really did. Yeah, um, and then what do we have? The that Texans Bills game yesterday just turned into that was what, awesome. It, it looked like Thursday night football out there. It was just two young quarterbacks going at it. Josh Allen decides to lateral with like a minute eighteen left in the fourth quarter when he just had no reason. To, I mean, he had no timeouts, but there, he had a first down. He was really trying to play backyard football out there. He was. He was like on an NFL football field. That's what he was really trying to do. I don't know if that's what they did out in the sticks where he's from, but I in the fourth quarter, you don't lateral the football when there's still time on the clock. One of the things I couldn't get over was the fact that the Texans didn't play the whole game like they essentially played the second half of the second half. I mean, all of a sudden they just like woke up towards the end of the game and said, "Oh." We're the Houston Texans. Let's start playing. I think the Texans having a shitty first half on a Saturday wild card game is almost guaranteed. That's tradition. Point. That's tradition at this <laughs> point. It, it is literally tradition, especially with Deshaun Watson. J.J. Watt did the thing where he doesn't do anything, and he comes back for one good play, he screams, and then all of a sudden, all the well, he came back from a torn pack. That is pretty impressive. He got a big sack too. He, he definitely. It was impressive. I'll give that to him, but uh, it was kind of also idiotic at the same point. What if this dude just like tears his pack for good? Probably get surgery on it again. I'm guessing. Dude, but like, Jesus, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Well, that game was fun. It was kind of chaotic. Didn't really know what the hell was going on. I I was just laughing at a lot of Bills fans. Also, that was because it was before the Pats lost. But Bills fans, you guys thought you were about to walk into your first first playoff win in how many years? Like twenty something. Twenty. That's tough. Brutal. And they almost had got, it, dude. Just your heart ripped right out of your chest because there were there were what not only opportunities to stop them and. In regulation, but overtime, you literally had the ball. Yeah. You had the ball, and all you had to do was kick a field goal, and there were just a couple bad plays. And uh, the Texans just finally showed up in the second half, and they got the job done. And then – go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. So we also just watched the Eagles lose to the Seahawks. I think everyone saw that coming. I think the Eagles kind of – they did the thing where they, they played the underdog card again, kind of got some hype late in the week. Kind of some people were buying in on them. And I think the Seahawks just overall dominated that game. Um, 
That's what it looked like, at least. Uh, the biggest takeaway I have is that Nick Foles was not there to save the day for Carson Wentz. He wasn't there to save the day. Josh McCown was there to save the day. Was not playing bad. Got him to the goal line. They just could not finish. I think um, the running backs played really well for the Eagles, it looked like. Yeah, they played all right. I mean, at the, at the Seahawks, their defense kind of looked almost a little bit like that 2013 Seahawks defense. They were, they were flying all over the yeah. field today. I cannot get past the fact that the Arizona Cardinals went into Seattle and punked them at home. I mean, there were a couple. There are a couple of teams that have some bad losses this year, though. You really think about it, that. but it just surprises me that Seattle did as well today as they did with respect to the defense. I agree with you, and I think sorry we forgot to tell you if you did not watch, Josh McCown was in for Carson Wentz because Clowney just put his head right in into the back of. Carson Wentz his head when he was going to the ground and gave him a concussion. So. Bit of a cheap shot, but a little bit of a cheap shot. But Clowney's kind of he's a little kind of a scumbag if you watch him enough on the field. A little bit of a Miles Garrett type. But um, speaking of teams with bad losses, I think the Green Bay Packers might be the worst two seed I've ever seen in my lifetime for a playoffs. But like they've been in some close games with teams this year that they just should not they shouldn't have been in. Like I think if the Patriots would have had the two seed this year, I think it would have been the two worst two seeds maybe in our lifetime. The Packers are an interesting team. I just, they just don't they don't play good, and, but they no. I mean they still get you know results sometimes. Their losses have been bad, but like when they they seem they just come through somehow. That's Aaron Rodgers come through somehow. Week, I was praying they were going to win. The Detroit Lions were going to win that game because I was just sick and tired of people because people's go to argument when Tom Brady's playing well. Oh, Aaron Rodgers could do that. Aaron Rodgers has been an average quarterback. Everyone's saying like he's the best. He's average right now. Obviously, he's been great in his career. But well, there was a. There was like a ranking, and it had Aaron Rodgers as the second worst playoff quarterback this year. See, like I don't know if I agree with that, but I mean no. But I think people also just are buying into these young guys. I remember I saw a stat; it was like record in playoff games for the AFC, AFC quarterbacks, and it was Tom Brady 30, 30 and forty, and uh, or no thirty for thirty for thirty for forty. Sorry, excuse me. And then the rest, literally the rest of the quarterbacks, one for four in playoff games. I think the Green Bay Packers have been a lot like the Seattle Seahawks. You don't know who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. In the Vikings, the same way. You don't know who's going to show up on any given week. If the Packers make the Super Bowl by beating the Seahawks and whoever else they play in the FC Championship, I'll be pissed. Agreed. That'll just be shitty to watch. And then, I guess, coaching changes around the league. I guess we'll shift gears from the playoffs. We'll talk about the teams who aren't playing right now. Some coaching changes around the league. The Cowboys is just a shit show. Can you Cheers. just tell me how a team with that much talent isn't better? They should have been. Coaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why. Exactly right. But, I mean, what's up with Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett? Like, are they getting free behind the scenes? Because he, like, he literally let Jason Garrett down the easy way. Like, the statement they released even wasn't like, Jason Garrett's been fired. It was like, what was it? it was, D- dismissed. Yeah, he has been dismissed as head football coach of the Cowboys. Like, they're just trying to make it as easy on Jason Garrett. and try, They're trying to be nice about it, but I don't like it at all. They got, obviously, have some type of special relationship because, like, he should have been gone, like, a while ago, a while not, ago. not like before this year, before probably like a few years ago. He's not, he's not delivered. I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, I agree a hundred percent. You got any thoughts on that or no? I, I want to know who's the next coach. Oh, that's a great question. They've been interviewing some Marvin Lewis. Uh, uh, that's one thing I don't get about the NFL is how how coaches just get recycled. And like Marvin Lewis, he's what he made a couple of playoff appearances with the Bengals, but right. you're gonna hire him for the Cowboys job. No shot in hell. I would rather take the old uh, head coach of the Green Bay Packers first. McCarthy, I would too. Yeah, I would too. I think 
Urban Meyer's been getting some buzz. Yeah, Urban I Meyer. Don't, I, don't, I don't like that. Yeah, I think he might have a heart attack if he's on an actual NFL team. Actually. Just because of the even added pressure. Um, but uh, I just I think the college – Lincoln Riley is probably going to be in the conversation, but I don't think he'll leave. That Baylor coach is obviously in the conversation for NFL teams. I know I'm old, and I know I have a hard time remembering names. But if I were Jerry Jones, I would go get the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Just because he beat the Patriots? No, he was a former Patriot coach. Yeah, I know. And I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember his name. Flores? Yeah. Yeah. I think that guy is the next big thing. Um, I love him. I apologize to the dog in the background, by the way. We don't have a studio, so we're just in the room I play Xbox in. So we apologize for the dog. But, um, no, I I always think every year the whole college coaches coming to the NFL, it's a fun topic, but I think they rarely do it. I think Kingsbury was, was a cool thing last year, and it kind of seemed to – they kind of the Arizona Cardinals kind of seemed to click towards the end of the year. They were in a couple of games. They beat the Seahawks. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a big question. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about the NFL? Anything you want to touch on before we move to the NBA? No, I just think that the off season uh, in the NFL this year, unlike say the Boston Red Sox, is going to be unbelievably interesting. And we'll touch on the my dad will touch on the Boston Red Sox and prosthetic perspective coming up here to wrap the show later. But right now, we'll get to the NBA, and uh, it's kind of an exciting year. Kind of going under the radar, under the radar right now because uh, football is still still kicking. And still, it's playoff time in football, so obviously that's taking all the excitement. But I still follow the NBA daily, and it, you really don't know who's going to win this year. Obviously, people can argue that one of the L.A. teams is going to come out of the West and beat the hell out of whoever whoever's coming out of the East. But, dude, I mean, the Bucks have, have some solid wins. They're good. Obviously, the Celtics are second in the East. I really think the Celtics are just play really good team basketball, and they play good defense. They can grit and grind with anyone. They might have, they might be in a couple of close games they shouldn't be in. They're not blowing teams out like they should be. But I really think in the playoffs, Brad Stevens will have those guys right. Um, Just glad Kyrie's not here anymore. Oh my God! Thank Thank God. gosh he's gone. How I the, cannot stand him. Yeah. Now, how are the Philadelphia 76ers four games behind the Celtics? So, what I was about to touch on that too. I think obviously the West has better teams overall. But I think when you look at kind of both conferences, I think the East really has more depth. And I think they're better than the West this year, in really my opinion. Because you look top to bottom, I think the top five teams could come out and win the East if they play good basketball. The Bucks are obviously one. Celtics two. 76ers, Heat, and the Pacers are also. Pacers are a very good team this year. Once they get both their guards healthy and Old Depot and Brogdon, I think they'll be right in the mix with everyone else. The Heat are also... Jimmy Butler is just leading that young pack down in Miami, and I think they're they're getting good again. They're a sleeper team. I think there could be a good battle between them and the Celtics as like a four and five seed maybe going in the East. Maybe the Celtics stay in the in the top, but you never know. Whoever whoever that four, that's that's what something I'll say. Whoever is that four and five slot in that first round of the Eastern Conference Championship, I mean not championship playoffs, is going to be a very good series. Yeah, I agree. And the West, obviously, they have the two LA teams, but. I, I'm not really buying stock on the Nuggets and the Jazz. I think they're very inconsistent. I think Joker is probably one of the one of the more overhyped players in the league. Everyone always talks about their stat line, but when you watch a full game with the Joker, he just kind of looks lazy. A little bit of a prima donna down there in the block. And then one thing I'll touch on is the 76ers absolutely blew out the Milwaukee Bucks with a fully healthy Milwaukee Bucks team on Christmas Day, and everyone was like, 76ers are one of the best teams in the league, but they are just so inconsistent. Yeah, and they don't have the shooting that they had last year either. Mm-mm. 
And that's one thing with when you got Ben Simmons leading your team, you would like to have some shooting. They don't have that this year. And that's also one thing that happened on Christmas Day is when you watch that game, uh, they were just hucking up stuff that, and you, everything was going in. Literally everything the 76ers were putting up was going in. And it was just kind of frustrating to watch as a 76ers hater because I'm a Celtics fan, obviously. But well, I know you were at the game the other night, the uh, Celtics-Hawks game. Mm-hmm. But the Atlanta Hawks are my new favorite team. Oh, yeah, just because of Trey Young. And yeah, I mean, those guys were just – Trey Young is fun. They, those they guys have, were great. Trey, I mean, the Hawks are one of the worst – I think they are the worst team in the league, but they're just fun to watch. They can stay in games. They just can't close them out. That's what it seems like, at least from watching them all year. What's going to happen with the Pelicans? I mean, they just have so many young pieces. they got to figure it out. When's Zion coming back? Zion, I think, is coming. They have him scheduled for a return in February. I is think. he a hit or is he a miss? To be determined. I think everyone's kind of hopping off the Zion train, obviously because they don't. They everyone makes fun of him because they think he's overweight right now. But I think if you're in an NBA, if you're a young kid in in, in an NBA and NBA training staff, I feel like they're not going to let him. They're not going to let him get fat and slow. So you think there's a chance he's a hit? Yeah, I mean, I think their pressure going to be on. So. If he starts out with a couple of bad games, I think people are going to bail on him. That's kind of how this this world works in the NBA. But I think he'll be. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I, you know, personally, I'd like to see him lose just like a couple pounds. Yeah, because I agree. just the wear and tear. Being, you know, how much he weighing? Two eighty. Something like that. I think when he was on, I think he was listed on the Duke roster at like two eighty five or something like that. It was crazy. There's only one person I know that can do that at two eighty, and that's LeBron. Yeah. And LeBron isn't even 280 anymore. He learned yeah. that he couldn't play like that anymore, so he slimmed down, trimmed trimmed a little bit, but added some muscle, and he looks – I was actually about to touch on that. He looks as good as ever. LeBron, he's having a great year. Him and Brady, are just, they just seem to get better with age. Yeah, I agree. And LeBron and AD – AD is a beast, by the way. I think that was one of the best trades that they could have made and probably one of the one of the most beneficial trades in the league, maybe league history, but – um. Uh, Anthony Davis just uh, out of this world talent. Like when you just watch him, you're like that guy is just different. Yeah, he's uh, what one of the top five, top three players yeah. maybe in the NBA. He's, he's he is crazy. When you pair him with LeBron too, I mean, that's a scary duo. And the fact for any they, team, the fact that they got along so well to begin with, and um, are kind of clicking already. And unlike the Miami situation where it took them a year, year and a half or two to. Uh, to, to get clicking and be a championship caliber team right now, if they can get past the Clippers, they got a pretty good shot at it. Yeah, and that's what that's what is going to come down to them and the Clippers. I think Clippers seem to have their number so far this year because I mean, Kawhi just he just I don't, I don't get him. He just he's just really good. He just wins yeah. wins games. Yeah, and the Clippers had a bad loss last night to the Memphis Grizzlies. They lost by like twenty. I don't know how the hell that happened. Paul George is out, I think, but I think uh, Kawhi was still playing. I don't know how with Kawhi. I don't think they had Pat Bev either, but I don't know how with you still have Kawhi, Lou Will, Montrose Harrell. I don't know how you lose to a bad Memphis team, but I guess things happen when you play 82 games. And I guess my dad and G said they haven't been watching enough basketball to give it a little power rankings, but I think I'm going to give my uh, my top five teams, I think, in the league right now. And I think I'm going to go the Clippers are number one. I think I'm going to take the Bucks at number two. The Lakers are close three because I think the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers are all kind of up there in the discussion of top three. And then... After those top three years, kind of where uh, where I can get hairy. I think at four, I think I'm going to take the 76ers just because they've shown you how well they can play. I agree. It's just a matter of them doing it. As much as I hate to say it, they're, they they could beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series. Two go to the finals this year, I think. I really do think that if Joel Embiid can actually play like he does when he gets called up by Shaq and actually starts caring 
and Ben Simmons keeps playing like he does. With those pieces around, Tobias is good. They've got some good role players coming off the bench as well. And then at five, you know, it's a tough call, but just this is going to be my bias. I'm going to take the Boston Celtics just because of the team basketball they play. Number two in the East right now, under 10 losses, I think. They're a really good team this year, and Brad Stevens going to keep them right. Kemba Walker was out of the game the other night, but just for flu. I think with Kemba, they're even that much better of a team. I think right now in the NBA, if they were doing like tiers, I say in the top tiers, the Bucks, Clippers, and Lakers. Yeah. And then tier two would be like the Celtics, uh, Sixers, Nuggets, and like Heat. Yeah, I think I really do like the Heat this year. My friend uh, at school, Gianni, he's a big Heat guy, and we have heated arguments about the Celtics Heat conversation, but. I do think if those two mean the playoffs. I think the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be insane. They're going to be unreal. I can't wait for it. Yeah, neither can I. So, I guess that's enough NBA talk. We'll talk more definitely about the NBA and some upcoming episodes when football kind of dies down and we don't really have more to talk about because we know football reigns supreme, especially on this show because we're just huge football guys out here. Huge football guys. But I guess we'll go back to the NFL real quick. I guess a little... Uh, Divisional round predictions. We got Titans, Ravens, Chief Texans, Vikings, 49ers, and we just saw the Seahawks beat the Eagles, so it's going to be Packers, Seahawks. We'll start with Garrett. Can I get uh, predictions for all these games? Yeah, uh, the game I'm looking most forward to is the Titans, Ravens, and I'll give you I'll give you a reason why. It's because I think it's going to be like a really old school uh, fashion uh, run the ball physical game. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. If you, I, if you like that type of stuff. No, I definitely agree. I think it's just going to be f- it's, just... It's going to be Derrick Henry. It's going to be Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. It's That's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm pretty really sure physical. M&T Bank Stadium is still grass, too. Yeah. In Baltimore. Oh, is that the night God. game? Yeah, I think it, I think it should be the night game. If they don't put yeah. that prime Saturday time, night in Baltimore. If they don't put that prime it. time, they're crazy. Yeah, and I got in that game, I got the Ravens winning that because, I mean, Lamar Jackson has been unbelievable this oh, year. Oh, God. How do you stop him? So... He's, he's just so quick. It's literally like it's it looks like it literally feels like playing Madden. You watch me like it's just someone controlling this guy on the sticks right now. Yeah, it's insane. Dad, who you got in the Titans Ravens game? Oh gee, who do you have in that game though? I got I got the Ravens. You got the Ravens? Yeah. Dad. Ravens, all day, all day long, like by two touchdowns or more or no? Seven. You think the Titans keep it close? I would have said they didn't deserve to be in the same stadium until last night but I think it's going to be the Ravens by a touchdown. I, I hope the Titans can keep it close because yeah. I don't want to see Ryan Tannehill have to throw it 40 times. I, I 100% agree with you, but I think Ravens look really good this year if they can stop the run. I mean, the Patriots have a really good defense, so I can't say that Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry isn't going to do that against Ravens defense, but I think the obviously the Ravens are so much more talented on, on offense than the Titans are, and if the Titans don't score any points in the second half like they did last night, they're in for a long day against the Ravens. Well, yeah, the thing was the Pats' defense is their strength is in their secondary and their pass cut in pass defense, not in yeah. the run defense. That's very true. All right, so I guess we'll move on to the Chiefs versus the Texans. I got the Chiefs all day in this game. I think the Chiefs are legit, especially coming off a week of rest. They are, they, I, they're honestly my pick to come out of the AFC this year. Chiefs are. Yeah, yeah the Chiefs are going to blow the Texans out of the stadium. You agree with that? 100%. Yeah, no, no need to talk about that anymore. I mean, I thought this – I thought we were setting up for unreal Saints 49ers divisional round game, but here we are with the Vikings traveling to San Francisco next week to take on the 49ers. Um, I'm going to take the 49ers in this game, obviously, because but people are going to talk about the Vikings, how they're going to be rolling, but I just love the 49ers all year. 
Yeah, this is a game I think is going to be a lot like the Titans and Ravens. There's going to be a lot of um, run game going on. Yeah. But I think the Niners are just, I think they're too too good up front on both sides of the ball yeah, to, to, you know, stop them. They're just too good. I 100% agree with that, and I honestly don't think Kirk Cousins has another one in him. If he has another one in him, uh, I mean. Tip of the cap to him. Yeah, tip. That's one way. You don't know who's showing up week week, as I said earlier. You just got to give him respect because, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been one of those inconsistent guys in the league for a while now and it's just tough to bet on him like you never know if you're a Vikings fan I feel for you because you never know you really never know so we'll move on to the last one next week we'll go Packers versus Seahawks I honestly like the Seahawks in this matchup just because of how the Seahawks defense looked today G I like the Packers like Lambo. Lambo. Lambeau it's going to be freezing <laughs> they've just been so inconsistent this year I don't know if I can buy the, the Packers stock and I know this could definitely come around and bite me in the ass, and they definitely have the ability to win this game, especially at home. But um, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm a bet on Aaron Rodgers at home in the playoffs at Lambeau. I get that. No, I, I definitely get that. But we said the same thing this week about Tom Brady. But I guess Aaron Rodgers also does have better pieces around him. So we'll see. When the Seahawks sent the beast mode out on that wheel route today, that was pretty. Yeah, that was electric. Down. That's food for thought if you're the Green Bay defensive coordinator. Yeah. Seeing, it, I remember, uh, I forgot who said it on Sunday NFL Countdown, but that before the uh, Eagles Seahawks game, they said that it was uh, kids. I mean, not kids. Players from off the practice squad for the Eagles, and then players from off the street for the Seahawks. And I thought that was a hilarious line. But uh, definitely, Marshawn being back is electric. It's gonna be an interesting, very interesting divisional round. I'm really excited about it. But I mean, we got to talk about the college football playoff while we're still talking about football. I think LSU looks unbelievable. They look really good. Dude, that first half was something like something I've never seen before. And in, in, in the playoff, oh, first off, Big 12 should just be banned from the playoff at this point, but that's that's a conversation. Yeah, yeah I was going to say just Oklahoma, but yeah, ban the Big 12. Yeah, just ban the Big 12. For at least, I'd say two years. Because the second best team in the Big 12 was Baylor, and they got routed by Georgia. So, <clears throat> But, um, yeah, uh, uh I don't even know how this Clemson, this Clemson team is very good, but LSU just looks like the team of destiny right now, especially with Coach O. Go Tigers. But, um, I could listen to him talk all day long. I love that guy. It's, it's unreal. I think my favorite video that was servicing this weekend was when he was, he was said, Go Bills. Go Tigers. You mean, so you totally discount the fact it's just unbelievable. Clemson has not lost? Neither has LSU. They haven't lost in like two years. That's true, but... I mean, that kid... I don't know, man. Who's, who you got in the championship? I got LSU. Oh, who do you have? Clemson? I don't know. Trevor Lawrence, He's 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 got the it factor. Like, when you talk about it factors, he's got it. Lawrence has got it. All the kid does is win. That performance last week was epic. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, LeBron James being called the chosen one. That's kind of yeah. like Trevor Lawrence. He just... He's... He's like the generation, like the generational quarterback. Like I guess, that. I guess it's a matchup of the chosen one versus the chosen, like chosen team. Because I just feel it in my soul that this is LSU's year. Like, literally every part of me just feels like LSU was just was chosen by God to come out with a combination of Coach O, Joe Burrow, and just like, oh. I mean, they've looked. I mean, all year they've looked unbeatable, obviously. Yeah. But I, I just struggle going against. Davo Sweeney and what? How many championships in a row is this for him? No, that's true. This and Trevor three, Lawrence, right? who last year, if you remember in the championship, blew the bri- blew the uh, roof off. They really did off Alabama. That's that's actually a very good point. What they did to Bama last year, and I think they have playmakers, but 
I think Ohio State probably gave LSU some good film on how to beat Clemson because they were doing a very good job there. Yeah, don't don't get called for a targeting. Yeah, because that just woke okay. up the beast in Trevor and Trevor Lawrence. It really did. Don't and then do that. Also, don't uh, force a fumble and then run it back for a touchdown because you know the referee can call back no matter how obvious it is that it was a catch. But I'm not salty about that at all. But yeah, um, I can tell. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good game next Monday night. I'm really really pissed off that it's not this Monday night. I am too. I don't know what the deal with that is. I don't, I don't get it either. It's like, what, just give it an extra week of rest? Like, what was last year? What were they like, oh, Bama got killed, maybe they didn't get enough rest? Is that the whole deal with this? SEC bias? Is that what we're going with Jesus, here? It might be, dude. I, I don't know what's going on. I really was looking forward to still being on vacation to enjoy this game. But it's okay. We'll still be able to enjoy it. Kind of be like a type Super Bowl, Super Bowl type deal. G and I will have lift in the morning, but we'll power through like we always do. Always do. Yeah, we'll be all right. But, um... So I guess we'll end this show with a little prosthetic perspective. I know Dad's got something on his mind that has nothing to do with what we talked about. So No, I don't have a lot to say. I've said way too much already. I would just like to comment on the fact that I am absolutely despondent over what I refer to as the Red Sox cold stove season. Because it certainly has not been a hot stove season because they haven't done anything nothing other than paid $900,000 for a backup catcher from the Mets. And I appreciate the fact that um, we're kind of in a transition right now, but you just can't do you can't do nothing and sit back while the New York Yankees just seem to get better and better every arms race. Week. They're just like making nukes just every. They seem day. to be killing the Red Sox in that. Oh my God! Yeah, and that kind of always seems how what it's like. The, I feel like the Yankees are always winning the arms race, but That's I right. mean the Red Sox are about to deal Price and Mookie Betts to the Dodgers for God's sake. Like, I don't know. I don't, we have no clue what this team is going to look like when the season comes in April. But All I can hope is that Bobby Delbeck is ready to play for a space and that he's healthy and he's ready to rock. I mean, because we need a total youth movement if we're going to have a season uh, in 2020. I honestly think you should get ready for some uh, cheap Red Sox tickets this year because, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not going to beat the Yankees, especially in the division, and hopefully they can maybe sneak into a wild card, make the playoffs. But, I mean... This could be bad, man. It's got to be bad. This could be really bad. And then the uh, other passion I just wanted to mention was the PGA Tour. Not that many people care, but I just want to say out loud that I'm hoping that this will be the year of Ricky Fowler. And I want to see Justin Thomas come back to greatness. And I want everyone to watch out for not only the usual characters like Dustin Johnson, but I really think uh, that Patrick Cantley and Kevin Na are going to make their presence felt and known on the PGA Tour this summer. I think they're making a run for a couple majors. I think they're going to be players and, and some of the old guard may fall off and I think there'll be even more of a youth movement um, this summer than we saw last summer. That is always exciting. It's always, golf season's always fun. When always football fun. ends, you know, instead of NASCAR, you always get to watch a little golf. I mean, obviously for one, things being depressing, but for I'm, I'm a very big golf guy. I know G and my dad are as well. So we're, we're excited for golf season to be on that. There's nothing like Master Sunday. Can we just agree? Absolutely. And it's a oh great way to spend your birthday. Oh, yeah, that's true. Happy birthday. Happy, happy really early birthday. Thank happy you. early birthday. Thank you, Martha. All right, so I guess that's prosthetic perspective. Not a lot to say from the fat guy with no legs tonight. We're doing the best I can with the limited tools I've been given. <laughs> oh, my God. Play the card you're dealt, I guess. That's right, brother. All right, well, I guess Roll we'll wrap this up. It's been really fun. Shout out my boy Chandler. Hopefully he had safe travels Roll back to Bama today. Roll Tide. And uh, we'll see you next time.